hate this situation, I'm dealing with it. You're acting like a first year fucking thief. I'm acting like a professional. Monsters, monstruos, kaiju. Ancient, created by mad science, entities, whatever. This is the club of our favorite creatures. Shedding light on our favorites. No matter if the movie is good or sucks ass. Very apt description, Omar. I think that does it justice. <laughs> Let's continue. Uh, Omar, why don't you go first with your list? So we kind of created a general top 10 monsters but we're gonna go all over the fucking place with this stuff because uh if there's one thing i know about me and omar in particular is that we fucking love monster movies so let's start off with omar naming a few and maybe i'll pick one for us to chat about for a little bit okay well i didn't i i got more than 10 and then i also and more like doing like a movie as a whole some uh, on some aspects and then some just oh I like this creature from this movie so I'm a, so if I'm like I hope that's the focus at least cause yes I, yeah if I'm mentioning the movie it's mostly I'm talking about the monster right okay, not so, the movie as a whole uh, I would start with uh, a classic but I do like King Kong both versions. Uh, Peter Jackson's and then the recent one, uh, Kong from, Skull Island. Yeah. Did you not see the 1933 King Kong? Uh, no, but I've seen enough uh, YouTube videos to know. Get the gist. Yeah, uh, and that was an awesome looking one where Skull Island version was based on the 33 version. Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, if you're gonna ask my opinion, I think the first half of King Kong Peter Jackson's version is great. Second half. Kind of leaves me hanging a little bit. Uh, Kong Skull Island, on the other hand, I enjoyed most thoroughly throughout the whole duration. I love the, you know, they couldn't go two seconds without doing a classic hard rock 70s song. They, you know, it was Vietnam, one of my favorite eras or, um, you know, topics for movies to center around. It's got giant monsters. It's got crazy John C. Riley. you know. I, I love that movie and uh, besides the first half of Peter Jackson's movie where there's lots more creatures and scary mountain people type stuff going on and you know giant mollusks that eat off people's arms I mean I'm so into that and then it turns into sort of this weird love story between the woman and the ape and Adrian Brody's character and uh, yeah I, I'm not as such of a big fan of the second part of the Peter Jackson one you like the bug scene? That was a good scene. The, the bug scene in the trench is great. Now, um, particularly, I mean, the uh, Jackson's King Kong was more of a silverback gorilla. Not really like a, a weird looking. It was yeah, just like, oh, he, it's a really he, large gorilla. Yeah, he's just a big old fat gorilla. And then Skull Island that had a little more... He was a little more kaiju-like, you know. He was, he was, he was yeah. a little more like, you know, they, they, they. I don't know if it's even the correct term. They, they Japanized him to be more of a, of a man ape than just a gorilla. Yeah, he stood straight up, and uh, he was able to uh, much taller yeah, than Peter he, Jackson's version. Not much. Uh, wasn't really like uh, knuckle dragon, so to speak, but. 
I did like as far as the movies. Obviously, uh, the Peter Jackson version was better, but I I, I enjoyed the uh, Kong Skull Island uh, ape much better. And then he's soon to be fighting the uh, Godzilla from uh, 2014 and uh, 2019. So uh, I started with a classic easy one, nothing too uh, uh, crazy or offbeat or left field here. So how about your choice? All right, so my first choice is if you're going to go the kind of not easy but uh, starting off level. I'm going to hit you with one that I know for a f- well, I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to bet you that you haven't seen. Keltiki, the Immortal Monster. No. Doesn't sound familiar, but I'm okay. interested. I'm okay, interested. so this is a movie created by Mario Bava and Ricardo Freda. Ricardo Freda is most famous for creating the first ever Italian horror film, E. Vampiri. Okay, this is a lot to write down, everyone. Uh, grab your pens. <laughs> grab your notebooks. You're going to need a lot of ink. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, so Ricardo Freda, is, Ricardo Freda and Mario Bava themselves are the titans of beginnings, uh, what became known as Italian horror, which eventually led into a whole bunch of different phases. We don't need to get into that. Point is that Mario Bava and Ricardo Freda share directing credit on this film. And basically, Caltiki plays like a much more graphic and well, um, better production designed Example of a 50s monster movie a la Them, uh, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, etc. Uh, basically, it's it's got more blood and guts. It's got more great special effects. It's got a short running time like those kind of movies should. And it's got real evil, nasty characters. Uh, Kaltiki is a monster essentially sort of like the Blob. Uh, except done about five years before The Blob was even a film. Interesting. So it's about a mass, this alien mass that had been laying dormant in a lagoon of an ancient Mayan uh, palace and is awoken by the ex- these explorers and begins to take over these people's bodies and slowly encroach upon, you know, land masses and towns and etc. So, in black and white, very stylized, very short, uh, and pretty much the beginning of Mario Bava's real career in Italian cinema, which I'm sure we will get back to at some point in the full-length Slop Cinema episodes. Now, uh, switching gears, I, now I, I, this is honestly a podcast that I will... Uh, re-listen to because uh, all the stuff you just said I, I do want to check out like a blob like before blob but you said it's Jap- uh, Kaltiki 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 hmm. that would be a cool name for a pet or something yeah hmm. badass pet name I have the uh, Arrow Blu-ray edition of this film it's just jam-packed with commentaries and extras so if Omar's interested, it's there. I can bring it to him any day. Maybe the crew might have to do a, a it's, it's a It's a great... If you're looking for a, a, a 50s monster movie that, you know, brings the violence, actually, instead of just cutting away from it, um, it's it's Kaltiki, the immortal monster. Now, me, with uh, when I think of monsters also, like with my intro, I, I'm kind of... 
if it's kind of like a freak or like if you see it and you're like, oh, you're a monster. I kind of consider it a monster. Also, the classic movie monsters, the Frankensteins, Draculas, uh, mummies, even like zombies. But I think you kind of look at it a little more technical, like, uh, oh, it's an infected human, or which is fine. I'm kind of more loose with it, so if I'm wrong, like, please forgive me. But uh, I think uh maybe heroes are are excluded i know a few that i i gave suggestions were like okay that we don't we can exclude that but how about uh the creatures and swamp thing uh the return of swamp thing now i wanted to talk about that one because that's uh jim Jim winorski jim winorski who uh Half of his career is directing softcore porno. <laughs> I know this is the only one. He has a he has a few <laughs> sci-fi slash horror titles, but he made most of his bucks in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Uh, uh, recorded on video porn boom. And this is his uh, this is his his one-off, so to speak, where it's just kind of like what he did it making a totally thing. off the wall. Not related Swamp Thing sequel in which, uh, you know, the humor is a little more gimmicky. The uh, it's sort of a nod and a wink, breaking the fourth wall sometimes, and more of a of a monster mash than the first one was. Now here's a few things that we don't have to spend a ton of time. No, no, no. But uh, a few things I loved was there's a elephant man in it that looks awesome. Swamp Thing looks great. He's got like leaves growing out of him. He was like muscular, very uh. Like, he had, like, a nice guy face. Like, he had a very nice... He was like, he was like oh, man, I might sit down and have a beer with this guy He face. had a very nice aura, yeah. Like, he was just nice. Uh, we got uh, Heather Locklear in it. Uh, the bad guy in it was just, like, one of those scientists where he didn't give a shit about who was dying, but in order to, to figure out what he wanted out of the science, what his hypothesis or whatever his evil... Uh, scientific method was uh, he uh, didn't care he just wanted the outcome almost like in Venom where the the scientists and that like a bunch of people were dying and they were testing yeah, and, and he was he like next next person let's keep trying what's the next keep thing keep feeding the symbiote so like uh, awesome monsters that, because this uh, scientist in Swamp Thing he's like creating these like freaks like like possum men and there's alligator freak, dudes and... there's a bug man also that yeah. he like incinerates so that's one I just wanted to shed light on uh, the return of Swamp Thing everyone it's from a softcore porn director but this one there's no uh, sex scene you in don't it. get to see no algae entering women there is a, there is a sex scene in it but it's more uh, uh, implied it's not softcore yeah. or nothing no yeah. nudity alright let, now let's go to one that I know we have on both our lists I'm thinking we save our differentiated ones for the last okay so uh, i'm just trying to look for ones that i think we both have and have can have some discussion on yes pumpkin head i do like that one awesome creature uh we got uh created by stan winston's team but not under the supervision of stan winston stan winston was the director on pumpkin head so he entrusted his dudes his production team to come up with this design for the creature. He had nothing to do with the design for the creature or the operation of the creature. He just directed the film. Now, this movie, I saw it a couple of times. Um, 
the first time it freaked me out because just the thought of it, where it's just like, okay, you, you're so devastated that you conjure this the, thing, the to, woods man, yeah, to to get vengeance for you. And and I don't know where you grew up, Omar, if there was a lot of woods or not. Grew up in the city, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay, I grew up a little bit whoop, north whoop. of here, where we had uh woods and deep dark woods and things like that and if you looked out your back window boom you saw who knows how many terrible things might be happening in the in the trees just beyond your property but um Pumpkinhead I'm going to share with y'all my three most terrifying movies I ever seen now they were different at different times some of them are still terrifying to me but Pumpkinhead was one of the first that really scared the fucking shit out of me when I first saw it, you know, 9, 10, 11, something like that. The creature and the way it's shown slash not shown in shadows and the way it's born and from what it's born, man, that's that just creeped the shit out of me. And his fingers are, ugh, they're terrifying. But so there was Pumpkinhead, and there was a movie called Dagon, which is on my monster movie list, and then there was E.T., E.T. was a creepy one. E.T. is the most disturbing, terrifying film I've ever seen, and I still refuse to watch it. Anyway, my thoughts on Pumpkinhead, continuing from our original conversation, is that the monster makeup is unreal. It's so good. Uh, the movements are creepy when, when, when Pumpkinhead is attacking the teens in the cabin and he's on the roof, and um, the way that you know, Lance Henriksen's character and the monster are melding until the end so that, you know, Lance Henriksen has to kill himself to end the monster, in which case he's just reborn as the monster fetus and put back into the stump from which he came from. I mean, that whole shit just atmospheric as fuck just just creeped me out. Now, Now, I watched it not that long ago, and really, it's a piece of art. It doesn't there are some parts where it scares me still, but I mean, nothing. It, it was more of an impression from when I saw it when I was younger that created this sort of, oh, pumpkin head. That's real horror, man. What was the studio behind it? Uh, Disney? Probably. <laughs> I. It's a very dark. I think it was uh, a. I think it was TriStar. Very dark premise. And that's just what I'm. It's like a monster revenge story, and it's like, oof. But it, but it's also a lot of sacrifice, a lot of soul giving, a lot. Well, and a lot of like, you know, people are like, "It's coming after me, man! The pumpkin head's coming after me! Help me!" And then a lot of people are just like, "Pumpkin head's gonna get what he gonna get." (laughs) I thought, uh, now, Stan Winston also directed a movie called A Gnome Named Norm. Look that one up, folks. Please don't. But Le- pumpkin- leave the man with some respect, please. <laughs> R.I.P. But Pumpkinhead, great movie, great creature. Um, see, a lot of times you you can get a great creature and the movie will be shit. So do you have do you have any that kind of like the creature was good, great, you love the creature, but the movie wasn't all that? Let's see here. Mm. That the creature was good though, huh? I would say Mimic is one. Well, I like the whole movie, the Mimic. But I will give you that the thing that creeped me out about Mimic wasn't, you know, 
the people or nothing. It was the fact that a giant cockroach could look like a human. I thought that 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 shit's fucking terrifying. And again, like, a lot of these movies will have great concepts. Because if you got, like, a lot of artists on a movie and say, hey, man... Can, I'm thinking of this this cockroach type of thing, but it's like the size of a man, but it almost like... And it's got these shells that make a human face. It looks like a, a face just to get by on the subways and like just so it can fool us because the movie's called Mimic. Oh, sure, I'll draw a few sketches for you. And that's awesome, dude. And I, that's why I like when uh, they, they come out with the books. Even a bad Del Toro movie... Is such a marvel of design of care. I love of, Guillermo del Toro, and we, I would I would do a podcast about him. We'll only. do one eventually because man, I love every single one of those motherfucking movies. Me too, me too. I mean, he's just got such a love and uh, uh, for the creatures. One thing and he shows them off. Usually. One one thing I do say that, well, it's sort of hard. It's a hands down cheese ball. Late night, few beers in, having a double cheese pepperoni pizza type deal uh-huh. but deep blue sea yes i love deep blue sea for how cheesy and fucking balls out it is and having fucking ridiculous plotting of super smart sharks but um here's the thing i fucking root for those goddamn sharks man because i think that's such a cool idea to create hyper intelligent super aggressive sharks and then everything else is like Cheesy acting, Stellan Skarsgård getting thrown to f- through some fucking glass, uh, you know, chick getting her legs bit off. Uh, Sam Jackson. You know, the L- infamous L- scene. LL Cool J just rapping about, wish I was back in the hood. Have you um, seen the, the meme of him being the first black man to ever survive a horror movie? I mean, I believe it because that's, that's, he fucking says that in the movies, like, it don't end well for black folks in these types of situations. <laughs> and it's like, you're damn right, Hello Cool J, but shit, man, you're one of two survivors. So. It's so meta. It yeah. was so meta. So uh, Deep Blue Sea has always been like a, you know, USA or sci-fi channel, just classic. If it's on, I'll fucking watch it. I fucks with it. Now, just talking about Mimic, I, I loved it when I was a kid, but I just rewatched it recently. Director's Cut? I did not see that. Oh, see, I, didn't I, even I got know the it. director's cut Blu-ray. Okay, let me borrow that, and then uh, we'll do a part two to this, uh, addendum <laughs> to this. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Uh, let's see. Okay, I got one maybe you haven't seen. It's called The Reef. Go ahead. Okay, so I didn't consult you with this on this one because I just really wanted to include it, not get it omitted. The Reef is a stranded at sea... Hunted by a giant great white shark story. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? But here's the thing. It happens on the Great Reef Coast off of Australia. A bunch of kids got this really nice boat. They're going to have a fun time. Hit a reef. Capsize. Oh, fuck. We're in the middle of nowhere. What do we do? We don't have any boats. We don't have a way to get out of here. What do we do? And the suspense this movie has is un believable i had to turn on lights even though it's a fucking water shark movie and i'm perfectly safe in my room uh because the way they meld these real shark that this real shark footage with whatever effects they need to do to include the shark yeah is so realistic looking 
that it literally makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. There's not one second after the 25-minute mark that you're not tense as fuck, knowing that the great white is there, that it's following them, and it's going to pick them off one by one. The reef is a great horror, not necessarily creature, it's an, it's, it's an, it's an ecological horror, meaning it's a, you know, a real-life animal decides he's going to fucking kill some folks. And the reef is like top-notch shark movie. I don't think I've had a more n- nervous watching than that film. Okay, I I'd check it out. I've n- I've never heard of it, but I've uh, there's a few movies that have come recently like that, right? Where the shallows, another uh, shark meters, one, forty-seven meters down. Um, open water. And I and I love sharks. Uh, when I was a kid, I did a ton of reading on sharks and whales and. I'll tell you, man. I mean, that's why some of these movies scare me so much. Because the shit they show can actually fucking happen. Yeah. And it's real fucked. You have a fear of sharks of some no, sort? No, I admire them greatly. They're prehistoric, just like uh, yeah, alligators and crocodiles. They're some of the oldest species living today. And they're there for a reason, man. They'll survive. They'll probably survive us humans. but um, Them and the cockroaches. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, one that I want to say that's... Uh, Alien? No, that is that one of yours? Yeah. You can talk about it if you Well, can. no, I want to hear what you got next. Well, uh, I'm just looking at my list here. I'm going through it. There's so many. Uh, I don't know if we can cover all of them. We won't be able to, but... Yeah, it will be tough, but how about Jeepers Creepers? All right. First hit, first hit against the movie, Justin Long. Don't like the fucking guy. You don't like him? Don't even like him in this movie where he gets fucking killed and skinned. Uh, like, for me, this movie is... Okay, I think it's got some really great scenes, like the part where they're banging on the door of the grandma's house, and he thinks the grandma's coming towards the door, but it's actually the Jeepers Creepers with a fucking broomstick up her bottom and, he, and he's just holding her up like a puppet and also just the truck man the truck is so cool yeah and, and the mythology about this creature and where it came from and no one really knows but it it comes back every 23 years to feed and it borrows ears teeth eyes whatever it needs to regenerate itself that's awesome i just think the the first jeepers creepers is just there's there's some tense sequences that I like, but then also there's a lot of like, you know, early two thousands mannerisms going through it. How people talk. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like what this dude Justin Long is like. What his sister's like. You she know. was. She was. Uh, I've. I never saw her in any other movies. No, though. me either. I don't know what, but um, so it kind of had this weird two thousand. It try trying to be hip sort of feel but but behind that was this really cool creature story and that's what i liked about the first one then the second one came and i thought okay this is the creature mythology movie as a slasher i am so down for this because basically it's just kids in a bus that's uh stopped on the highway and jeepers creepers has got to pick off out of these football players and cheerleaders all the parts he wants uh, and then there's the secret like farmer with the giant 
Jeepers Creepers killer spear. And I think that shit's awesome. So if you're asking me what to pick between one and two, two is definitely my hangover, put it on, and I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it movie. Jeepers Creepers 1, don't need to visit that much, honestly. Huh. See, uh, Jeepers Creepers 2, the thing I remember is when he's running through the cornfield when the bus is stranded and then he he throws something he spear a spear or something at the bus and kills a kid or I don't know if I remember that correctly He's got weapons made of like his bones So I can I can see why you like the movie mm. I do not like Jeepers Creepers 2 I don't and I don't even think it should be part of the original Jeepers Creepers mythology cuz I thought the first one well, why not? He comes back 23 years later. Yeah, but see, this one, it wasn't 23. In Jeepers Creepers 2, I don't think it was 23 years later in the... in. The, oh, you're right. It was you know almost separate. Saying? It was almost like... It was almost like separate... there was there was 23 years, then Justin Long gets killed. Then there was another 23 years, the little kid gets killed in the beginning. Then there was another 23 years. Yeah, uh, unless it was just... Unless this is supposed to... During that year, that moment where he was feeding and then he ran right. into the or, kids. And the... Or it happened simply before. Yeah, so... But there's the weird part where the girl's going in the bus and he and she sees Justin Long's dead body telling her to go back. Mm-hmm. So... Weird, I don't know. They kind of just did that just because, but... I think the first one did have issues, and it did have like that of its time feel. Yeah, but it was more memorable. But Jeepers Creepers as a monster, and the reason I thought he was so cool is because he was so off kilter, and you didn't understand. He had a sense of humor, which is weird. Sense of humor. He had human characteristics but he was a monster he was a like a demon or like he had wings and he flew away uh but but he had all these human he wanted the eyes and the the teeth and the 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 pieces of skin or whatever uh he wore human clothes he wore a jacket a hat he kind of had like the long hair. Like he was kind of Freddy Kruegerish. Yes, the in the face. He was driving. He drove that that uh, the van, and then in like the the license plates be eating you and all of that. Uh, things that I remember from the first one also is the Cadillac, and the and the the where they kept cranking on the uh, clutch, and it was just like making that that crunching sound and they they were trying to escape and like the tension of it was really good but then probably towards the middle when they get to the lady's house i i was like okay this is a little much where you really like that i was just kind of like i thought that was classic like horror staging like yeah she's yelling at the kids like get off my fucking property and then she doesn't realize and then there's like some sort of weird noise and they're like uh, Miss Whatever Whatever, uh, are you there? And they see her shadow coming towards the door, and she's not saying anything. Yeah. And finally she's thrown through the door, and it's a dead body. And they're like, oh, fuck! I can see why you why you like it. I was just, at that point, I was just like, man, what's going to happen? Because even when, in the beginning, when they're kind of like uh, stalking him a little bit, and they're watching what he's doing, 
and he's like tossing bodies down that uh that uh, uh kind of like a like a hole where it goes down into his lair and then they go down there and then, I mean like the whole thing was freaky and uh it made a lot of sense but it didn't because it kept a lot of uh information from you so you're almost like guessing it almost felt like a twilight zone episode or something like that i didn't have a problem with justin long i didn't have a problem with the gal the ending was even a, a great part but here's the thing aj i haven't seen the movie in like 10 years oh fuck i think you, you definitely <laughs> gotta watch it and maybe so, you'll have a different idea so i may have to revisit it and then we'll uh all right well, I'm going to give you some titles next, and you tell me if you've heard them or not. You're going to give me tiles? Ti- titles. I don't need tiles. My floors. I'm not going to tile your floor for you. <laughs> I'm going to give you some titles, my friend. And uh, you're going to tell me if you've heard about them or not. And if you haven't, then we'll move on to some more okay. classics. Humanoids from the Deep. I've heard of it. I can't even imagine what it is right now, though. Sea monsters, raping ladies, having mutant babies, destroys a carnival park. Okay. okay. Slugs. I've seen, I remember the poster, but I've never seen it. Slugs, incredibly gory Spanish co-production made by Juan Piquer Simon, who's also most famous for his slasher pieces. And everyone listening, take these as recommendations. I mean, these are awesome recommendations. Burial Ground. Uh, with uh, Charlto Copley? Or the the original? There's a remake, right? And then the original? This is the 1980 zombie film by Andrea Bianchi. I'm way off. No? Nope. All right. Nope. Okay. Uh, then let's go for uh, Deep Rising. Oh, yes. Deep Rising is my shit. Yes, yes, yes. Treat Williams, Famke Jensen... Yes. Kevin J. O'Connor, Wes Studi. No, that's a slob cinema movie. That's a slob cinema movie. We yeah, can't talk too much yeah, about it because yeah. that's wow. going to be coming up, folks. Wow. All right. Then let's go good to... Good choice. Uh, that was good, dude. That's good. That's a great one. Okay, let's go to... Uh, let's go to... Uh, you seen The Blob, 1988? Hell yeah. I fucking love The Okay, Blob, here's the story. Here's the story I have. Now, this is a time uh, I was too young to see it. Do you remember the year it came out? 88. So I was... No, no, no. I didn't see it when I was two. So I probably saw it years that... Like, I was old enough to remember, okay? Mm-hmm. So probably about five, six years old. And I saw this when I wasn't supposed to, okay? It was like one of my first memories of seeing when when the... Uh, first, I always remember the farmer. Mm-hmm. The, the meteorite falling. Getting the goo on the his farmer. hand. Yep. Then... When when uh, the young guy gets sucked, uh, sucked oh in. yeah, they're in the hospital and he's like in a giant clump of it, reaching out for his girlfriend. And I I just I was seriously freaked out from that movie because I had seen it and I knew I was just like uh, I did something I wasn't supposed to. I saw something. <laughs> I saw something horrible. This shit is too much for me. It really was. It really was. And now I can appreciate it, obviously. But that movie always has an effect. It's almost like 
when you eat a food and it makes you throw up when you're young and you don't eat that food for a long time. And then you taste it when you're like 24 and it's delicious. Yeah, I have that with Starburst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, with me it's potatoes. Hey, hey, everyone. AJ knows what's up. Yeah. (laughs) The Blob. That's a great recommendation. That one's a great recommend right there. The 88 version, folks. Yes. All right. Then we got the classic Ice Cube Jennifer Lopez vehicle, Anaconda. Yes. Uh, And John Boyd. Playing like a sort of Bolivian Cuban guy. (laughs) He don't really... Talk too much like a good person. He just sort of like mm, combine a bunch of different accents. I thought he was from like New Orleans. Or yeah, that's where he, uh, I'm by Bolivia, by the way, in New Orleans. Now, yeah, Anaconda, Anaconda was fun. Now, in this movie, though, Jennifer Lopez was in this movie, but her eyebrows decided not to appear in this movie with her. No, they were trimmed the fuck off, drawn on. Yep. Great movie. Probably the effects won't hold up. Oh, no, no, no. Do no, you no, remember no. the scream of the anaconda? Also? Yeah, it was like, hey! It was, no, it almost like was screaming. It was like, like it was like someone put a bunch of like lion and oxen voices into a snake. No. Which just made zero fucking. And then also they got, you know, apparently per second it cost $10,000 of CGI for that film. Like, where the fuck did all that money go? Because. Folks, there are some practical snakes in Anaconda. Those are great. But once they turn into CGI snakes, oh boy, does it really show its 2001 release date. Is that out on Blu-ray? Yeah, you could definitely get that on Blu-ray. You gotta go on Amazon and (laughs) scoop that up. Fucking, uh, what's his name? The the ginger guy gets like, he's like in the movie for like 10 minutes, then gets stung by a bee in the throat and is out for the rest of the movie. That's a memorable scene. Eric they, Stoltz. They stab him in the in the neck and they open and, him up and, and then, put the tube in yeah, his neck. Yeah, and then John Voight's like, I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> that was disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. All right. Have you seen Dagon? No. Dagon's up for fucking watchability. Guys. That's a monster? What That's an HP Lovecraft Fishman, incestual, ancient god, demon, gold, sacrifice, unsuspecting fuck lands on an island that's ruled by gill men. Crazy fucking surreal shit. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What was up with H.P. Lovecraft? Dude, he was fucked. He now, came, the old ones, the deep ones, he just wanted to create like something that just gave God the fucking finger, you know what I mean? Oh, I see, I see. He was all about, like, fuck that shit. This is the real mythology of the Earth, and we're all fucked, and the world's gonna end. And and do people really kind of, like, take on to that type of uh, way of... I don't think necessarily the it's way... It's fun? They take it as, like, fun or I, 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 as escapism? Far as, as far as I know, people... You know, H.P. Lovecraft is... To me, not as high, but to some scholars uh, on an equal level of Edgar Allan Poe in terms of discovering what the fuck was he thinking about? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's, well, God knows. I don't think there's any cults that say, you know, H.P. Lovecraft was right. But I tell you what, he created a whole mythos that's been influencing movies and monsters and sea creatures for 
you know, since he started writing them in the early uh, 19-teens. Hmm. Freaked a lot of people out. Freaked a lot of people out, didn't sell much, you know, went fucking crazy. Typical shit. Was uh, H.G. Wells... Uh... British. Oh, okay. How'd you know what I was going to ask? That was weird. Anyways, uh, so we're running on... Uh, okay. Uh, we're just checking the time here, folks. We don't want to waste too much of your Again, time. this is a one shot. We're just trying to talk about monster movies as quick, but also give them their due respect. Now, one, I must say, uh, Gremlins. Oof. Okay, I'm in the weird camp that uh, Gremlins is... Are Gremlins and not monsters? Or is that... No, no, no. They're monsters. Okay. Some people really dig Gremlins too, which I do too. But Gremlins has more of the ha- horror factor that I need yes. for it to be a creature feature. Because once Gremlins 2 comes around, it's like, blah, blah, aren't they doing such goofy stuff? And oh, there's a lady Gremlin and a doctor Gremlin and an anchor host Gremlin. And you know, then we have a 10 minute long dance sequence in the hotel. And it's like... You know, I I loved all of that. Well, don't get me wrong. I love all that too. But in terms of a creature feature, something that's supposed to inspire like some sort of tension or fear, the first one's got it hands down. Yes. I mean, uh, the second one is fun and the way they play with the fourth dimension and, you know, just the way they treat the monsters as, you know, characters rather than like killers is, is great. Trust me. But... When I think gremlins, I think of the kitchen scene with the mom and the gremlins attacking her and her putting the gremlins in the microwave and in the blender and, you know, like... And <laughs> that was fun. And I just think of the, you know, and, and, and Spike and, you know, the scene where where he's fucking dissolving in the water and it's, it's pretty nasty stuff, man, for a PG movie back in the day. You're right. Now, with... Uh... Can we do, uh, I enjoyed doing this with you earlier where I would name the movie and the monster and you would tell me if it even qualifies as a monster <laughs> or you just tell me like a quick little one, one thing about it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So these are the ones that I kind of had on, on my list or if you agree or disagree or that's not a monster. So, uh, the host, that's a monster. What do you? How do you feel about that? Monster? I feel like that's a monster that came about because man created it, similar to Godzilla. Um, it's a result of poor environmental services and doctrines, and uh, basically, you know, they call it a monster. They think it's a, you know, abomination that's out to just kill everybody. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You guys created it by being uncaring, greedy, selfish, you know, scientists. Korean film? South Korean, correct. South Korean. Uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. How about that one? Lagoon. Lagoon. <laughs> it's, it's so gloony. Um, that one's tough because it, it is a creature feature. Um, but it's tough because Creature from the Black Lagoon has such an intelligence about him. He's not really a monster. He's really just a life form trying to survive. Um, so you might look at 
creature from the Black Lagoon the same as you would think of an endangered black rhino. You know, it's unusual. It's maybe the only one of its kind, but it's not a monster. So it's a creature feature, but the creature itself I don't feel is a monster. I like that. How about uh, the shape of water? Similar, uh, you see the uh, influences. Very, very similar to Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, this monster fucks. This monster has a slimy little worm that comes out of its torso <laughs> that he fucks some poor English broad with uh, because she masturbates every day and she needs some fish dick. Guillermo there, Toto. I love you. Okay, how about the Kaiju and Pacific Rim? Definitely monsters. Uh, The werewolf in American uh, Werewolf in London. How do you feel about that guy? Hmm. Even the zombie friend. Those are monsters. It's tough because really the the, the man isn't a monster until he transforms. So for me, it's a movie about fighting the monster within you. And unfortunately, the monster escapes in this case. But it might as very well been that, you know, he would have committed suicide and ended it all before he came became the werewolf in the first place. Uh, uh, Cloverfield monster. That's it's... a monster. Straight up kaiju, brother. How you, how you, uh... I, I hear he made an appearance in the Cloverfield Paradox. I didn't see that shit. Good. Tremors. Tremors is definitely a monster movie. Primordial on the same level of a Jurassic Park type deal where, well, a species isn't created, but it's discovered, found, and it's like billions of years old. And it just, you know, it owns the earth, man. And we're just fucking schmucks trying to build on top of their world, you know. And so, you know, they got to set us straight. They got to kill a few folks. That's hands down a superior horror comedy. Now, I know you have uh, a few on your list that you probably want to go over. Just say a few things. Uh, I will just say that uh, uh, The Relic, great movie, great monster. Effects suffer a little bit, but uh, Tom Sizemore is overacting and the kills in the movie really help it out. Uh, From Beyond. Another Stuart Gordon, excellent in the vein of reanimator style of uh, fluorescent colors and weird mind snakes and penile implants and brain expansion. Uh, Also, we got here, He Who Walks Behind the Rose from Children of the Corn, the worst done movie monster possible, but still left a huge impression on me when I watched it when I was like eight years old. We got slugs, the flesh-devouring giant slugs. We got... um, We got the classic Alien, of course. That's a whole other podcast. We got the classic The Thing. That's a whole other podcast. Um, Also, another Guillermo del Toro twist. Watch Hellboy and Hellboy 2. Anyone into practical effects, weird-looking monsters, and underground societies, dig those two movies up and watch them right away. Other than that, uh, I think we've pretty much covered all that I got. So, 
You've been listening to a discussion on monsters, what makes them monsters or not, and what are our favorites, and what do they mean to us. Uh, this has been a one-shot episode with Omar and AJ. Hey, so a few uh, a few shout-outs. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Descent, Clash of the Titans, uh, Totoro, uh, Mothra, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, Troll, Troll Hunter, The Ritual, The Babadook, um, what else? Colossal, even though AJ didn't really care for that one. Uh, the Mummy. <laughs> Day uh, of the Dead. Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, Toxic Avenger, uh, that's a niffy one. Basket Case, Frankenhooker, uh, Brain D- Damage. District 9. Hellraiser, uh, Nightbreed, Dusk, D- uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, what else? The Congo, uh, the, the Congo. Congo. Apes. Blade 2, those specific vampires were really cool. Leviathan. So, dog Soldiers, Predator, Alien. I mean, just this is a great episode just to uh, write a list and check these out. Yeah, maybe if you're on Instagram or uh, you're visiting Spotify, leave some sort of comment. Name your favorite creature features. And maybe one day you'll be lucky enough to get credit and we'll say your name on this here podcast and do a movie of your very own liking. Or maybe not. Fuck you. Maybe not. You're a piece of shit. All right, goodbye, folks. <laughs>